On today's podcast, we're going to be diving into how Ross Chastain has officially become a verb in the English language. I'll explain what I mean by that in a few minutes. Plus, we do have some breaking news in the F1 silly season as we finally know what's going to be happening with Daniel Ricciardo and McLaren. All right, now it's going to be a little bit shorter show today because I am flying solo. My man Keith, they've got a like a power outage or something, and it's not him. It's like the town has a power outage. So a little bit shorter show today, but we're going to cover a couple of big topics, and we'll be doing that coming up next. Bradley, who is here with me, but like I said a second ago uh, in the intro there, uh, Keith is unfortunately experiencing a power outage. Um, We were uh, talking back and forth. He messaged me, said the power was out, uh, messaged me just a couple minutes ago saying it wasn't looking good and um, that it looked like things weren't going to get back on. And so fired up the show and we're getting it recorded because um, I've actually got work tonight. I got to get to bed. So uh unfortunately keith's not here but that's all right we've still got a bunch of things to talk about like i said it'll be a quicker show today since it's just me but let's uh let's dive right in because we just had some breaking news that came out um yesterday and then also in an interview uh that just happened a couple of hours ago um at spa with uh daniel ricardo so you guys know over the last couple of weeks I have been talking about the F1 silly season in regards to what's been going on with Daniel Ricciardo and McLaren. This was all kick-started if you remember with Sebastian Vettel's retirement. So a few weeks ago Sebastian Vettel comes out of nowhere. Uh, This was really unexpected. He retires. That's opened up his seat at Aston Martin which was snatched up within like 24 hours by Fernando Alonso. Now, Fernando Alonso is with Alpine, and nobody saw that coming. In fact, this was one of the reasons why I believe Piastri was upset was because Alpine had Alonso, who was a former two-time champion in F1, and regarded by many as the most, like, just pure talented driver um, on the grid, even today at you know 40 years old, there are drivers out there who will say that Fernando Alonso just be, uh, just pure talent is the best out there. Um, you know that's pretty incredible when you consider who he's out there with. So uh, for anybody to say that, it's pretty insane. So he was at Alpine. He's still at Alpine, but it looked like he was going to be moving forward. Now they were in a contract discussion. From everything that I have heard in all of the news reports. It sounded like Alpine wasn't wanting to really do anything much more than a year with them. Um, And the biggest reason for that, I would imagine, and this is from what I've heard, is due to the fact that they have this up-and-coming, you know, prodigy, this, this hot commodity of Oscar Piastri. Now, Oscar Piastri is the reserve driver for Alpine this year. 
He won the F2 championship last year. He had six wins. And he is a highly, highly regarded uh, up-and-coming driver. He's like 21 years old. There are people out there who, you know, are viewing him as the next, you know, Charles Leclerc or Max Verstappen. Um, and, you know, that's really saying something when you look at what those two have accomplished. So, you know, will he be that? I, who knows? It's... It, F1 drivers, it's just like quarterbacks in the NFL, right? You don't know until they get out there and do it. And so we're not going to know if Piastri can do it until he gets out there and does it. Now, with Alonzo's situation, okay, he wanted to race longer. From the way that it sounds, he was wanting at least a two-year deal. Well, Aston Martin, they got to have a seat opened up because Vettel's retiring, and they go to Alonso, and boom, they, they sign him. And they sign Alonso to a two-year deal, and this is now caused an absolute just chaotic mess because now Alonso's seat's going to be opened up. Alpine comes out. And they post on their social media that, hey, next year's driver's lineup, Esteban Ocon and Oscar Piastri. And then Piastri comes out within like an hour and states that's not the case. Okay, I'm obviously paraphrasing because I'm not going to read the tweets verbatim. But just like that's not the case. Uh, you know, I, I'm not going to be racing there. I do not have a contract with them in F1 for 2023. And this started just an absolute whirlwind now i talked before about all the the investment that alpine has into piastri um so i'm not going to go over all that right now just understand they have invested a ton of time and money in him and if you want to hear my breakdown of that you can go back and listen to the episode two weeks ago when i covered all that but just know they have invested a ton in him and they want to see that return which is understandable but from everything that i have heard and seen it sounds like they've had a contract with him in regards to his uh junior career right the the renault driver academy but they did not have an f1 contract with him this is the way that i've seen it broken down and this is kind of the loophole i guess that they're using to get out of it so it was rumored that he was looking at going to McLaren. And then all of a sudden, McLaren's coming out and they're talking about how Daniel Ricciardo, which we know he has not been up to snuff the last two seasons at McLaren, even though he got that win at Monza. Other than that, it has been uh, not very good, especially to his standards. And McLaren's saying he's not doing as well. And you start hearing all these rumors about how they want to remove him from the seat. And... Then it came out that Ricardo's team was asking for a buyout of $21 million, which is essentially what his salary was going to be next year. And it was official. Uh, yesterday, Ricardo came out on his Twitter uh, page or his Twitter channel, whatever the heck it is. I don't use Twitter, whatever it's called. But he came out and basically confirmed it and said, hey, um, I'm not going to be at McLaren next year. We're moving on our separate ways. He's like, I still want to race F1. Um, he has not said where he's going to go, although there are a couple of options, which we'll talk about in a second. 
and you know that's it you know in a sense, a sense that's it um he was just interviewed at spa a few hours ago because they are racing this weekend at spa the first race back after their summer holiday and basically said the same thing um he's moving on from mclaren mclaren has not stated yet what their driver lineup will officially be because it sounds like Piastri and Alpine are going to be going to the high court. And the high court is actually a, the official like court system in uh, Great Britain, from my understanding of it. And forgive me if I'm wrong on that, but they took it to the F1 contract board. And from everything that I've seen and heard, it sounds like it's going to be going to the high court because Alpine is going to be seeking some form of compensation. Now, McLaren is going to pay. 21 million dollars for ricardo to not race for them now that is a huge sum of money understand in a sport where you are spending tens of millions of dollars right 100 million dollars 200 million dollars just astronomical amounts of money on these cars and teams you're now talking about spending 21 million dollars to pay a driver to not race for you that's insane and I remember the first time I ever heard, uh, I shouldn't say I ever heard of it, but the first time I truly comprehended the whole buyout thing. And it was actually in Major League Baseball. Years ago, the Oakland A's got David Justice from the New York Yankees. And the New York Yankees were paying Justice like seven or eight million dollars a year. And they were so unhappy with him that they had put it out there that they would pay half of his salary for someone else to basically take him off their hands, right? The New York Yankees were so upset with David Justice and how he was playing that they were willing to spend $3.5 million a year for him to play against their own team, right? Like, that just sounds insane. Back then, it was pretty unheard of, at least for me. I was a lot younger back then. but. You know, it was pretty unheard of. It was pretty crazy to hear something like that. Now, of course, nowadays in the NBA and stuff like that, we hear about buyouts and stuff like that all the time. But this is not something we see a lot in racing, right? We don't see a lot of contract buyouts in racing, in motorsports, even in something like F1. So for McLaren to come out and spend $21 million to buy out Daniel Ricciardo just to have that seat open, and now from... The way that everything looks, it seems that Oscar Piastri is going to be the one who finds himself in that seat. That is a lot of pressure to put on an unproven 21-year-old. Because keep in mind, it does not matter what he did in F2 or F3. It doesn't matter, okay? It does not. It matters not. It means nothing. What matters is how you do in F1, all right? Tim Tebow, for those of you guys who watched college football, Tim Tebow, Tebow is regarded by many as the greatest college football player to ever live, right? And if he's not the greatest, he's one of the greatest. Like, he is the ultimate winner, ultimate competitor, was phenomenal, right? Like, if you were building your, you know, dream team college football, you know, college football team, he is on the short list of people you want as quarterback, right? When he got to the NFL, he was horrible as a quarterback. He was just horrible. It didn't matter what he did in college. It mattered what he did in the NFL, which is why he's not in the NFL anymore. It's the same thing for Piastri. So if he comes into this McLaren seat 
it is going to be a lot of pressure that he is going to be under. Whether he wants to admit it or not, whether McLaren wants to admit it or not, you're spending $21 million to get rid of your driver, who is a proven winner, right? Has won eight races in F1, which understand is not an easy thing to do, okay? Like, we might look at that and be like, oh, wow, he's only got eight wins. Go down the list of drivers who are currently in F1 with more than one win. There's a lot of them that have no wins. You have drivers out there without podiums, okay? So, to have an eight-race winner that you're going to pay $21 million to get rid of and replace them with this hot commodity, I don't care who you are, that's pressure. And we're going to find out what Oscar Piastri is made of very, very quickly at the start of next season. Because if he gets that McLaren seat, which it looks like he is, it's going to be it, it's going to be on from day one. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Now, with uh, Ricardo leaving McLaren, this opens up the question, where is he going to go? Because that's really the thing right? If you're Daniel Ricciardo, where do you go to next? Well, there's a couple of options that he has right now. There's really, from what I can see, there's really only two options. I There's a third if you want to factor in Williams, but I don't see him going to Williams, and I don't see Williams spending that kind of money on Daniel Ricciardo. Keep in mind, the seat that he would be taking is Nicholas Latifi. Nicholas Latifi is in that seat because he brings a lot of financial backing to Williams. Okay, He is essentially a pay driver. So I don't see them getting rid of a pay driver to then spend a bunch of money on a proven driver in a car that's not showing a lot of results right now. The team's just not there. Okay, so I don't see that happening. I've heard people say Williams. I just don't see that at all happening. Um, the other two options, which I think are the most likely, is Alpine and then Haas. Now, this is really interesting because I actually don't think that Ricardo is the domino that's going to cause this to play one way or the other. I actually think the linchpin behind this is Mick Schumacher because Mick Schumacher is currently with Haas and apparently Haas has not been happy with Schumacher's performance which is understandable Schumacher has not performed well when he was there last season he obviously outperformed his teammate Nikita Mazepin who everybody dubbed Mazespin who might be one of the worst F1 drivers we've ever seen I mean ever the dude was horrible in terms of f1 keep in mind if me and him were to race he'd smoke me but based on his competition he was horrible there's just no way around it and haas brought him in because they needed funding they wanted outside funding which is understandable it's a very expensive sport he lasted a year obviously with everything going on with the whole russia stuff so he moved on Haas brings back Kevin Magnussen, who is a proven driver, a very good driver, and Magnussen starts doing well for this car, and it really put the spotlight on Schumacher and what he has not been able to do. Now, over the past few weeks, Schumacher has shown improvement, scoring points. He has been having much better races, but Haas doesn't seem like they want to continue with Schumacher. And keep in mind, 
because this is something that I've seen, and it's really unfair to Mick Schumacher. I've heard a lot of people say, and these are not just like schmucks, right? These are not like average people like me. These are like people in the industry, like media people in the industry who talk about how Haas only brought him on because he is a Schumacher, because his father is Michael Schumacher. Haas brought him on because, yes, his name, Schumacher, is a big deal, and that opened up the Germany you know, part of the world in terms of potential sponsors and funding, but also because he is a talented driver. He's part of the Ferrari Driver Academy, okay? And he won the championship in F2. He's not like some schmuck. It's not like he's some guy who just, he's just riding on the coattails of his father and just getting all these breaks. The dude can drive, all right? He can absolutely drive. Now, when you compare him to his father, he's not his father. And that is completely unfair. You're talking about somebody who is literally in the eyes of many, the GOAT, right? Like you can have a heated conversation, a debate over who is the greatest of all time. Is it Michael Schumacher or is it Lewis Hamilton, right? Like it's, it could be debated with either one, okay? It really can. And whether it's Schumacher or Hamilton is, it doesn't matter, all right? It's a moot point. What matters is, is that, He's on the Mount Rushmore. He's one of the greatest of all time. And his son is not just riding his coattails. His son is actually talented. And if Haas wants to move on from him, okay, where's he going to go? A lot of people are like, well, will he leave F1? I don't think that's the case. He's only been at Haas for two years. Haas literally last season just threw the season away. They had come out and openly said, like, we are focusing on, you know, next year we are focusing on you know the new regulations so last year was basically a throwaway year he smashed his teammate which like we talked like i just said his teammate was horrible and then this season he hasn't looked good with the new car and the new regulations but guess what there's a lot of drivers out there that haven't looked good daniel ricardo is an eight-time winner he has not looked good in this new car I, like it, there's there's drivers out there who are extremely talented drivers that have struggled with these new regulations. We see this happen all the time. Some of the best drivers ever struggle with new regulations. It just happens. It's the way that it is, right? Sebastian Vettel was a four-time world champion, won four world championships in a row, considered to be one of the greats, right? Top 10 on the list of greatest of all time dude has struggled with the new regulations like it, it just happens so to hold schumacher to this ridiculous high standard when you don't do it with other drivers i get it they've got the pelt on the wall they've got the cred he doesn't but still the kid has shown talent he has shown to be a good driver right in the lower rankings to just suggest that oh after two years with a subpar team that literally said they were throwing away the 2021 season now ah he's He's a bust, no good, right? Damaged goods, we're just going to let him, you know, he can go race GT cars, right? That's absurd. And I think Schumacher is probably going to end up with Alpine. I actually think Schumacher is going to go to Alpine. There's a lot of people who think Ricardo's going to go to Alpine. Ricardo had been at Alpine before. Back then it was Renault. Um, his second season with Renault was really good. Uh, he had multiple podiums finished in the points like 
seventy uh, percent of the season or something like that. he had a he had a good season with Reno when they were not a top team, and so a lot of people are thinking he's going to go back there. The team dynamic has changed. It's not Reno anymore. It's Alpine Cyril uh, Arbitatul, and I'm sure I'm saying his name wrong. Is no longer the team principal. They have a different one now. So I don't know if it's just a uh, lock that uh, Otmar Sassmauer, who's the team principal now, is going to just want to take Daniel Ricardo. They might want to look at something else. They might want to take on a Mick Schumacher. That seems to be a possibility. So I think if Schumacher goes to Alpine, there's a good chance we'll see Ricardo with Haas. Even though Haas don't want to pay his salary with him getting that buyout from McLaren, and I don't know if there's any stipulations like if he signs somewhere, he doesn't get the money. I don't know if that's the case. I've heard that that's the case, but then I've also heard that's not the case. I've heard that it was just a straight buyout. So I don't know what's true or not. Because Ricardo hasn't come out and said, yeah, it's 21 mil regardless. Like, yes, and said that. So um, I don't know if that's the case, but if, that is the case where he's getting that money regardless that opens the door for him to potentially go to a team like Haas and run a season or maybe two and see right if he can go out there and do well in a, in that car show that he still has the that skill that ability to be fast then maybe one of those top teams when a seat opens up maybe they'll come calling right he's only 33 years old it's not like he's 50 all right like Alonzo's still out there running. He's 40 years old. Now, obviously, Alonzo is much better than Ricardo, but still, age-wise, like when we look at it, he's only 33. He's not some old, broken-down man. So I do think we will see him in F1 uh, next season. There are some people who think he might sit out next season and wait for a different seat to open up. I don't know if that's going to happen. Um, I think he will be in a seat next season. When you are shunned, and keep in mind, there, I don't... I would love $21 million. We all would love $21 million. But if you are paid $21 million to go away, think about what that does to you. Think about how that's going to hurt your ego. And we can all sit there and we can all talk about how, you know, try to pretend to be this, uh, we're above that high-minded, oh, that wouldn't affect us. Bull. Absolute bull. I don't care who you are. If you were paid $21 million to go away when you're going to want, you've got something to prove. You want to show that you still got it. And I think Ricardo has got that in him. And I really think next year, if he can find a ride, which I do believe he can, he's going to show that he still got it. All right. So with the magic of editing after that quick break that we just had, uh, and luckily, our man's power coming back on. Keith is now here. That's right. I'm Keith back. is here. So uh, I know I said at the beginning of the show that he wasn't going to be with us, but luckily his power has come back on and he is able to join us for the, the rest of the show. So Keith, how's it going? Uh, better good. now that my power's back on. Who, who would have thought? Why would Duke Energy be like, hey, it's 12 o'clock. Let's go ahead and update everybody's utilities around here and, and let's shut it off for... Well, it's yeah. been off since and about 10. Do it on a Thursday. Because I know when I think of, of, a, of a good time to yeah. do it, it would be Thursday afternoon, right? Like, that's usually a good a good idea. Yeah. And, and granted, yeah, it ain't, it ain't scorching hot like it has been, but it's hotter this, today than it has been this week. So it's like, yeah, this is stupid. Why would you do that? Why wouldn't you just wait? Yeah. Do it in the yeah, morning. It's, it's cool. That type of stuff always drives me nuts. It's like when I when I'm 
driving or commuting to work, you know, and I'm on the interstate on like I-5 or 80 West. And then all of a sudden it goes from four lanes to one lane because they're doing construction. And it's like, really, you thought the best yeah. time to do this was 5 p.m. on a Tuesday? Like, you didn't think like, hey, maybe we should do this at nighttime when there's like hardly anybody on the road. Let's do it at rush hour. It's right. Yeah, it just boggles my mind. And I have friends who work for those companies. And I've asked them before, I'm like, why, why do you guys do that? Why do you guys do that? And they're like, well, they do that because a lot of the guys, because of the crews, you know, it's it's normal hours and stuff like that. And and a lot of people working nights for that long. I'm like, I don't care. I don't care. That's the job you signed up for. Yeah, that's the job you I signed up nights. for. Then, then do it, right? I worked nights for years in uh, a casino because it is open 24 hours a day. I didn't like it. They didn't care, right? Like, so that's, that's your job. It's kind of like. If you get an emergency, if you get an emergency call out at two o'clock in the morning, yeah, exactly. you're not going to take it. Exactly. Uh, it's nighttime. You know? I don't work at night. So yeah, that stuff drives, drives me nuts. But all right. Anyways, moving on. So we got to get into the, the NASCAR stuff. Now, before we get into Kyle Larson's win in that drama, I, I, I got to cover this first because it rem when I was watching the race and I was seeing my man Kimi Raikkonen having a good run. He was up in the top 10, was was getting comfortable finding his speed. And then all of a sudden, he just had some bad luck happen and got taken out. And it reminded me of a cartoon. And I'll explain what I mean. So one of the things that I discovered pretty early on um, being a dad, being a father, and Keith, I know you can relate to this, is the stuff that you are exposed to as a dad. So for example, I remember when my daughter was like seven or eight years old and we had a, our, our TV um, was, we had a Roku, which is basically like, it turns your TV into a smart TV. Back then it was a big deal, right? This was like you know, nine, 10 years ago. So back then it was like a big deal. Now everything's smart, but back then it was a big deal. And so we had YouTube on our TV, on our Roku. Well, the YouTube account that was used to sign in was mine. So my my daughter and my wife's nieces, you know, my daughter's cousin, stuff like that, like they would get on YouTube and they would watch all these like music videos and all this kid stuff, right? And I remember one time I was working, it was like 3, 30, 4 o'clock in the morning. And I'm listening to music on YouTube. Well, YouTube's got the algorithm and they base it off of the stuff that you've looked up, the stuff that you've watched. And all of a sudden I'm listening to 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 Taylor Swift, right? In one direction. I'm like, what the hell? I don't, I didn't pick this. Like, why is this? I was just listening to Stevie Ray Vaughan. Why am I listening to Trouble When You Walked In or whatever the hell it is by Taylor Swift? Well, it was because that was the, the account that my kids used, right? My son, you know, all these years, he's nine now. And for the last, you know, five years, six years, whatever, I've spent many a nights watching cartoons with them, kid shows with them, right? Now, a lot of them, I'll be honest with you, I really like. I'm a huge fan of Despicable Me, right? Or the Pixar movies. I love that stuff. It's really, really cool. It's it's amazing, the stuff that they come up with. Yeah. I know. I'll, I'll get yeah, down and man, watch I love some cars stuff, now. You know what I mean? Um, I, it's incredible the way that they, they, they create those things. And... There's a show that me and my son watch that's called Ninjago, and it's based on Lego, right? So it's like Lego characters, and it's it's been on for years. It's like there's like 16 seasons or something. It's been on forever. Well, 
a couple seasons ago, they had the season called Prime Empire. And what happens is, without having to get all into the details, but the main characters get sucked into a video game like you see in the movie Tron. And they have to, like, you know, beat the bad guy and all this stuff like this. Well, there's a character in the game, and his name is Okino. And Okino is the samurai of Terracana, and he is a guide. Well, Okino, they have this whole episode where he has just the most horrible luck. Every person that he guides dies. And it's because they're idiots, right? Like, they just do the dumbest stuff. They just, like, walk into booby traps, fall in quicksand. Like, just, it's ridiculous. It's it's one of my favorite episodes because it's hilarious. And no matter how hard Okino tries, he cannot save these people because it's just it's just horrible right they're so bad and finally he gets one that's finally good and she's listening to him and they get almost to the end and then this like dragon comes and kills her and it just crushes him and he's sitting there and he's just depressed and he's talking about how you know my shame is now complete he said from this day forward when they say the word Okino, it will only be used to describe something terrible. And then he says, mockingly, he says, how was your day? It was Okino, right? Like making essentially that his name has now become a verb. I thought of that part watching the race on Sunday when Ross Chastain once again pulled a Ross Chastain. Ross Chastain has now become a verb. You can literally say, dude, I got chastained, and people will know what you're talking about. Think about that. This dude has hit so many people, run into so many cars, and they're not even dirty, just overdriving. And it has become a point now where you can literally say, dude, he got chastained, and if you are a fan of NASCAR, you will know what they're talking about. Think about that. Right? That is absolutely insane. And Chastain struck again, got into Austin Dillon, which unfortunately got into Kimi Raikkonen, ruined his day. Raikkonen was having a very good run. That was one of the reasons I was so upset because I loved seeing Kimi Raikkonen do so well. He was getting comfortable. He was he had good speed. Do I know do we would he have finished in the top 10? I don't know. There was still quite a ways to go. But it was cool to see, and it sucks that his day got, you know, upended by Ross Chastain and it's just a bummer and we've said this before for those of you if you are new to the show me and Keith we I am a Ross Chastain fan I absolutely am if you have not seen the video that I did on YouTube I've talked about his future narrative is already written if he goes on and wins races in a championship this stuff will be looked at as a good thing it's because he's aggressive and he takes no prisoners and he just goes for it if he doesn't we're going to torch him for it, right? It's going to be, yup, can't drive, gets in over his head, is impatient. And it just sucks because the dude is, he is so good. He's so good. And it's like every race he has this moment, it's like a, it's, it's almost like a pass fail test, right? Like there's no gray area. It's not like you can get an A, B, C, D, or F. No, it's just like you, you, you pass or you fail. And it seems like every week now for the last few weeks, he has been failing at it miserably. And it's 
it's not only costing other drivers, but it's costing him. It's hurting him in the process. And that's the worst part about it because I don't see him getting out of the round of 16 now because he has got so many no way. enemies out there, man. No way. Yeah. It, No way at all. Uh, It's it's uh, it's the Ross chain. Don't it, give dude, a fuck it is, for. man. It is. And like, I... That is something that I actually respect about the guy. I really do. The ability to do that is incredible. And you talk to people, or not talk to people, because I don't talk to people in NASCAR, but you listen to, to people who have talked to him, whether it's other podcasts or uh, you know videos on YouTube or people who have interviewed or whatever, right? Crew members, whatever. And they will talk about how he just flat like doesn't know what you're talking about. Like he's so tunnel vision. When he's in the car, like he's just like, hey man, what were you doing on lap forty-five? He's like, what do you mean? What 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 happened? Like he doesn't even know. Like he just has like no clue, and it's a bummer because that that thing is what makes him awesome, but it also is killing him right now. It really is. a double-edged sword for him because i i feel like if he doesn't win a race in the playoffs he may not make it out of the playoffs just because he has ruined a lot of guys days that are Multiple, missing the multiple playoffs guys. Yeah. that will miss the playoffs and they're going to come in these races with the attitude of i have nothing to lose Yep. he does though Exactly. And there's going to become a time where payback will be handed out. Because let's face it, the Denny Hamlin stuff at Pocono, that wasn't payback. That wasn't payback at all. Not, not to the, not to the, I, not to the I, uh, level I, of what he's owed <laughs> no. at all. <laughs> And, and like, I just don't understand how somebody could be in this sport and be so clueless. on things that happen around him or running people over and him just act like Yeah, it never it happened. it boggles my mind. Has no recollection of that at all. And and there's gonna come a point in time where these veterans, as in Harvick, Hamlin, Truex, Kyle Bush, they're not gonna stand No. for it anymore. Cause back back in their day, they'd get their ass kicked Yeah. out of the car. I mean, how many races have we seen where Kevin Harvick's crew is climbing over another guy's car or running across the track at Bristol Yeah, to go after that's Greg one of Biffle. the greatest... I mean, That is one of the greatest incidents the, of all yeah. time. If you have not seen Kevin Harvick literally jumping off his car <laughs> to get Greg Biffle, it is classic. It's, it's, oh, it's awesome. It's Amazing. absolutely awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, and then, like the one at Richmond, he, you had his crew guys jumping off of his car under Ricky Rudd's and they were destroying the hood and No, uh-uh, you don't get that anymore, that's, that's but, gone. but we've seen the fire come out of Harvick last year with Chase. So we know the fire's Yeah, still it is. there. Yeah. I just, I don't, I don't know. Ross has so many enemies that it, it's, it's fun to watch it from a uh, entertainment standpoint, Oh, it's... but knowing that it's so aggravating that those teams have to continuously go back and, and fix shit that, Yeah. Ross is No, it's fucked it, up. it's it's incredible. Dude, the like I said, man, I'm a fan of his, dude. The guy can flat drive. Me too. Yeah, Talented. what they Talented. have done this year is incredible. 
if Ross Chastain does not win another race, even if he doesn't make it out of the round of 16, the season that he has had is incredible. Nobody saw this coming. Nobody. I don't care who you are. You can say they're like, oh, I saw this coming. Bullshit. No, you didn't. Nobody saw it coming. No, and, no way. And it's incredible. And and what I, it is, it really is. And what I compare it to is, remember when Kevin Harvick first came to Stuart Haas? Everybody thought he made a big yep. mistake. They come out yep. fast as hell, win a couple races, and then they kind of fell off a little bit. And then they just picked it up as the playoffs came. And that's what Ross and the one team kind of yes. reminds me of. They've got of. that ability. They do. That's a fact. They do have the they ability do. to go out and just. Yes, they have they polarizing they, speed. When they're on, man, they're they're good. They're good. They're absolutely good. But it's, when they're off. Yes. They, they are yes. off. And he is, <laughs> he is one of those guys. And like you said, it is a double-edged sword. He's got that that Robbie Gordon in him. And what I mean by that is, is like, love him or hate him, right? Robbie Gordon. Robbie Gordon. Yeah, but dude, that guy, said. you could throw him in any race car on the planet and he'll get the most out of that car. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it might not look pretty and he might run over people in the process, but he can do that. And that's what I see with Ross. Like, dude, that guy, he could have a car that's subpar and he can get way more out of it than what's there. Um, the problem is, is sometimes when he does that, a lot of times lately, it's just, there's this just pile of casualties around him. And you can't do that forever. Well, think... No, no. And I think what makes it worse this time at Watkins Glen is he wrecked Austin Dillon, who supplies yeah. track house with engines, <laughs> ECR. Yeah. Who's Austin Dillon drive yep. for? RCR that owns yep. ECR. You don't think they're sitting back like this, yeah. mother? Oh, I bet, or... man. I bet. You know, it, it's it's one thing to get wrecked. Now we got to yep. supply him engines to do to it again wrecked. next it's time. One thing to get wrecked by your equipment. Yeah. So once again, Ross strikes. Uh, like I said, he has officially become a verb, um, and not in a good way. And it it's it uh, it's just horrible to see, man. He's became a. He's became a villain and not a good yeah, villain. Yeah, he's, I mean? he's not just he's not like... he, he's not just wearing the black hat like he's full on you know. Yeah, you he know, what I mean? whole suit. it it sucks because I don't think the dude's a bad guy. I don't think he's an ass. I don't think he's like a prick. I think he just races hard and is so single-minded that he just doesn't care. And I think he's one of those people who's had to be look, you can't reach that level without having something you know some of that in you you have to have that you know whatever you want to call it killer instinct or whatever you have and, to have that and if you if you go back and you look at ross chastain's career other than when he was in the four car in the xfinity when he was running for ganassi and even when he was running for colleg he was yes. doing the same shit just in a lower series he yep. did the same stuff it's just in the more noticeable series. now yeah it's just he didn't care it's just more noticeable out of my way. Yeah. he's doing it in the cup series and he's had success and that's the thing you know he wasn't having the su success in those lower series like he is here that's the thing so you know he wasn't a like just forced to be wrecked no, you know? yeah the, and now the the microscope is yep on the one car yep absolutely so it's it's gonna be a rough ride for him man yeah, especially if Denny Hamlin somehow gets knocked out of the first round and Ross goes through, you think Ross yeah. is going to make it out of the oh second round? God. Well, hell no. Yeah, it's going to be rough. 
Now, I, th- I don't think he'll make it now the first, honestly. I think he's done pissed off one too many people, and it's going to come back and bite him when it hurts the most, and that will yeah. be when it hurts the most. So, Ross Chastain, officially a verb, moving on. Uh, we're going to do hits the mark, misses the mark. Um, got a couple we got to cover from the NASCAR race, and uh, we're going to get this started with our winner, Kyle Larson. So Keith hits the mark, misses the mark. Kyle Larson's move on Chase Elliott for the win on that last restart was not Kyle Larson's fault. Does that hit the mark or miss the mark? I agree with you. It's the mark. 100%. 100%. Chase Elliott shot Chase Elliott in the foot when he picked the wrong lane to start in from the beginning. Did you not see the truck in Xfinity race? Even I saw exactly. the highlights of it. Like I didn't even watch the whole the whole truck race and Xfinity race, but I saw the highlights of it. And guess what? Shown in the highlights, dude. Every time those guys picked that outside lane, they got screwed on that last restart. Every time, it was like clockwork. Yep. And and I've seen a lot of people. I'm in a group chat for an iRacing league I'm in, and there's a lot of guys in there like, damn. Larson doored him again. Larson had to door somebody else. It's like, look, guys, go back and watch it. He didn't even really no. door him. They both slid mm-hmm. in the one. They slid up. And and yeah. Chase got the worst end of it. But it's Chase's fault because he yeah. started where he's he started. The that, he's the one that opened that door and put himself in that situation. <laughs> and, and Kyle Larson's yes, there to absolutely. win, too. So. And look, at the end of the day, it's not like Larson went in there, overdrove the corner, by a hundred feet and then no. use chase as a way to stop the car. They both went in there hard. That is a very, like when you take the corner like that, right? You're talking about that. That corner is very deceiving. Okay. And then they're using up literally the entire thing, right? Cause they're going far beyond the, the rumble strip and everything. And you've got two guys who are just going for it hard, knowing that whoever can get out in front has got a excellent chance of winning the race. And Larson had the run, was on the inside of Chase, and pushed it and got into him, right? And that's racing. I mean, if it makes him feel better, Kyle did lock the tires up, so. Yeah, I mean, it's not like he was, yes, it's not like he he was. He didn't just mm -hmm. sail it in and said, ah, I'm going to yard sail Exactly, it's not like he was just going to be like, oh, I'm going to lean on him and uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, at the end of the day, racing, NASCAR, teammates, it's not like other sports, right? Like, it's not. But still, you also have a a level of respect for him. And both those guys are going for the win. But Larson's not out there to screw him. He's not going to try to just, he's not going to go out there and basically be like, F you, man. Right, whatever happens, happens. So, yeah, it's just hard racing to me. Right. And yep. Yeah. Same here. All right. Next one. Hits the mark or misses the mark. Ryan Blaney will be the last spot for the playoffs. Does that hit the mark or miss the mark? I'm going to say it hits the mark because we're going to Daytona mm-hmm. or they're going to Daytona. And I feel like we're gonna have an. I think I think we're gonna have a new winner. We have a new winner. Martin Truex Jr.'s out. Yes. Now if they tie, and Martin Truex Jr. finishes second in the race, Ryan Blaney's out. But I I don't think that's gonna happen. No, I, really I I'm thinking that Blaney's gonna get now, that spot. I really do. I think so too. I I think 
I think the winner of the race is going to come from a Ford, a Ford that hasn't won this year, and a Ford that's been really fast, a Ford that probably could have won at Richmond if he would have saved his tires. I think Christopher Busher is going to uh, pull the rabbit out of the hat, I think. You think Christopher Busher's going to win, huh? Yeah, well, and 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 here's my here's my thought behind of it. There's a shitload more Fords in the field than there is Toyotas, and I know the Toyotas are probably going to help Bubba Wallace because he's another yes, he one is. that can get locked in. But then again, Bubba's also a Toyota, so if Bubba wins, he's going to knock a Toyota out. There's a hell of a lot more Fords in the camp that has nothing to yeah. lose. They they have five Fords they can lock into the playoffs with one win, and I feel like they're all gonna. I think they're all gonna help each other. I think this is the time where manufacturer teammates is huge, because let's face it, I I still I feel like Martin Truex Jr. is going to have to run really well in both stages to capitalize on those points. I think it's gonna get him in trouble. Yeah, he's I gonna really have do. to push it. Um... Yeah, and if I was if to. I was Ryan Blaney, I would actually I would literally ride right behind Martin Truex. <laughs> I would I would just push him the I whole mean, time. <laughs> like that's what I would do. If, if you could play yeah, it out I would that push way, him yeah, in, I'd do it unless too. he's gonna get the win, and then I would try to win the race myself. But yeah, I I I would be glued to him um, because that's really you know if we if we don't get a new winner right like that's you know, with the points and stuff like that, it is what it is. But it's when we start looking at, a, you know, a new winner coming in because you've got Blaney, who is eighth in the projected playoffs, and Truex is 10th. And if neither of them win this race, right, and we have a new winner, you're looking at, if the points stay the way they are, you're looking at Truex out and Blaney in. So for me, if I was Blaney, I would really be concerned about what truex is doing because yeah basically like he's like you said it as yeah. long as is as, as long as it's not something insane right like i mean it's going to be something like it'd have to be really crazy for for blaney to 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 be out but still it's just yeah i i would i would just not want to lose it and and fortunately for ryan is he's been really strong at daytona whether it was in the old car, the new car, Martin really has. Not... Uh, that's that. That is true. That is true. You know, because if you go back to the Daytona 500, Ryan Blaney finished fourth, Truex yep. finished thirteenth. I mean, yeah, it sounds like they both did really well, but in all reality, thirteenth yeah. at Daytona. No, it's, it's not. not very good, considering that you had some. Some guys that shouldn't have finished yeah. ahead of you that did, but with Truex's luck at Daytona, I think it's gonna. I don't think it's gonna. Yeah, be Blaney always to. seems to do good at those restrictor plates. You know, he won this race last year. He he's always seems to be running up front. Um, to be honest, he should probably have one or two wins already this season. Um, there was a couple of times where he was 100%. hands down the most dominant car on the track. So. And. and and that's where I feel like the Fords are going to gang up and help Ryan. To, I, you could you could absolutely see that, man. It's going to be interesting. I'm really looking forward to it. 
Uh, kudos, kudos to NASCAR. I am too. I mean, because this, when you, if you want to talk about drama, like this is literally it. You know, it reminds me of, um, you know, it, when you see in like baseball or NBA or NFL, right, where you're literally going into the last week, the last game, right, and you've had this entire season that's played out, and you still have these five different ways that things could play out, and you know, if so and so does this, then they got to do that, and it's just this high drama. And NASCAR's got that; they've been able to capture that with this playoff system, and it's shaping up to be uh, pretty exciting this week, man. I'm looking forward to it. I completely agree. So, moving on, we got one more one more left. We're going to be going to the sprint car side of things, the World of Outlaw side of things. Um, so, Keith, we have seen Brad Sweet have a resurgence so far in the last couple of months here uh, when we all had him. Basically, me and you thought he was... We had seen the best of him and wasn't going to be winning the championship. He's got three wins on the season. Brad Sweet will have five or more wins by season's end. Does this hit the mark or miss the mark? Oh, man, that's that's tough. Um, I'm going to say it misses the I'm mark. I'm with you. Actually, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I hate I, to say I'm gonna, it. I say it hits the mark. I think he's going to have more than five. And, and he very well could. He's one of them guys that's polarizing. But when it comes to Wednesday, they haven't been real consistent. And I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if they did. It would not surprise me yeah. one bit. I just, I don't know if they can. I'm sure they can, but I just... I have yet to see the consistent winning pace that the 49 has yeah. always had. Yeah, you know, they started showing it here recently. Um, they got those those couple wins. Uh, they've got the, you know, West Coast swing coming up, which um, I'm looking, I'm really looking forward to going to Gold Cup uh, here in a couple of weeks. But they've got the second leg of the Northern Tour. They've got Grand Forks, and then they're going to the Duel in the Dakotas. And then they've got, the West Coast swing on starting on September 1st. Um, Brad Sweet, you know, grew up racing the West Coast. Uh, you know, with three nights at Skagit, you've got literally three nights at Chico, his home track. Um, you've got Hanford, Placerville. Those are all tracks that, you know, obviously he knows very, very well, grew up racing. Um, to get two wins out of those, you know, eight or nine nights at those tracks, I, I think he can do it. Um, the, and I no, and I won't be, be surprised, surprised either. But see, here's the deal. I also won't be surprised if he doesn't. That's the thing. Because each race that goes by, as we get closer and closer to the end here, because keep in mind, it is August 26th, right? The season ends October, or no, I'm sorry, November 5th. I know that that sounds like a lot of time to go, but it doesn't. That, it, that will fly by, considering that it's August right now and we started in February, right? Like, think about that. So that time will fly by. And each race that goes by, 
every race that ends where they are in the points lead, it's going to get more and more and more about points, right? Like that, yes, you want to win, but you know, you get to those situations where you're running third, right? You've got a podium. The two guys in front of you are not, you know, battling for the championship. And that turns into, well, I can get a podium and score good points, right? Because the way that the, the outlaw points are, if Brad Sweet finishes fifth and David Gravel wins, right? David Gravel's only going to gain like eight points on him. It's like two points per position. It's not a lot. So the points game is going to come into effect here. And I would not be surprised if they get through, you know, the Skagit Nationals, maybe even Gold Cup. If he hasn't picked up a win yet, but he's still in that points lead, he's got a 50, 60 point uh, 50 or 60 points lead where it's going to be more and more about getting those good finishes, being consistent as opposed to getting some more wins. So I could see it happening either way, but I do think he'll get a couple more wins before the season is over. And I, I definitely yeah. wouldn't be surprised and if he did. As you know, and that's the thing with it getting closer and closer, you know, gravels only 60 points back. Um, you know, Macedo's 96, Hodden Shields 138. Um, Hodden Shields going to definitely have to, you know, have one of his amazing hot streaks if he's going to want a shot at this. Um, I, I'm thinking Gravel's yeah. really the only one with a legitimate shot. Obviously, statistically, they all still have a chance, but I mean, in terms of a legitimate shot, um, I think Gravel's really the only one that's got that that shot. And, um, you know, if he, if he gets closer and closer, right, if he gets within, you know, 20 points or something, then we might see, you know, something different. They might become more aggressive, but that doesn't happen. It's going to be hard to, hard to tell which way they'll play it moving forward. And, and speaking on Sheldon, remember we talked about it. This team could go yeah. one way, be really fast yep. or fall yep. off They've the map. They've got that in them. And they seem to like off. it, and they they've got they've got to find the reins to mm -hmm. reel it back in. Find find that spot that you were hitting when you won. What was it? Four races in a a three week span yep. or whatever. They've got to find that. If not, they're going to dig that hole yeah. even so. deeper. Which sucks because I I'm a huge. Sheldon fan, and I'd love to see somebody from the Hodden Shield family yeah, get that too. championship. And I just, man, I hate how when they're hot, they're hot, but when they're yeah, cold, they are. damn, they are they cold. Are. It can be, it can be rough. So, so yeah, yes, but it is. Racing's humbling. Is. So, so that's that's a freaking true statement if I ever heard one. <laughs> so. But all right, you guys, that's going to do it all for this week's episode. Uh, like I said, a little, little bit, a uh, little bit different, but luckily we got Keith back for the second half. So it was a little longer than I had initially planned when we opened the show, which is a good thing, but yeah, hope you guys liked it. Um, as always, if you guys want to email the show, ask a question, anything like that, you can do so at ask three wide at gmail.com. Also make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Um, we do got some, I'll be putting a video up actually today. I shouldn't say today. Uh, tomorrow i'm going to be editing it today it'll be going up tomorrow but we'll be going up uh, tomorrow on the channel 
and then yeah you know all the other stuff that we do uh whether you spotify apple tunes whatever or apple pods whatever the hell it's called now we're on all of them share like follow download subscribe all that good stuff yeah please leave a that review would be awesome. too you know leave us a review if you like the show um you know five stars if you like it um and then if you don't like it hey that's all right too it's all good uh, you know, nobody's perfect, including us, but yeah, as always, thank you guys very much for being here. Keith, my man, enjoy your weekend. I will. Yeah, exactly. Enjoy the, enjoy the electricity. <laughs> so that's going to do it, everybody. Thank you very much as always. And until next week, take care.